information you can trust, stories you can relate to, and tips and tactics you can apply on your next adventure. Hunting, fishing, camping, and everything in between. This is the Battle Mountain Podcast. This is a Battle Mountain Podcast from the archives. Hey guys, this is Allison Vestal aboard. And this is Hannah Harold. So today I'm really happy to have Allison or Allie on. Um, we, I, I think this is going to be a great episode talking about, this is one of our um, tournament archery episodes. And, and I actually found Allie through Instagram where I always saw her posting the coolest archery photos. <laughs> <laughs> in all sorts of outfits and just really awesome photos. And I remember seeing your picture of your collection of arrows after the storm came through this year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess, first of all, welcome and, and thank you for joining me well, on the thank show. thank you so much for having me. You guys are too sweet. <laughs> and I, I am happy to have you on. Um, I guess kind of a standard first question. Do you want to kind of tell everyone how you got into archery or how you were introduced to it and what made you decide yeah. to pick up your first bow? Well, when I was a kid, uh, the Fox Disney Robin Hood was not brand new i'm not that old but it was still you know it was in the it was in the vhs collection if you will <laughs> and i always i loved it like i liked foxes because of that reason i have a fox tattoo because of that movie and i always thought archery was really cool but growing up my family we, they didn't hunt we we kind of hiked but we didn't do any kind of outdoors mini stuff so there was no archery except for maybe once at camp one time and you know how that goes oh yeah <laughs> so it wasn't until i finished grad school and was like i'm an adult i have a job and i have free time i'm gonna do archery so <laughs> i finally was like cool i i can make a decision to buy a bow and you know go shoot so after grad school i finally you know made the plunge and had no idea what i was doing but fell in just love with it and haven't stopped shooting since. And so right now you are, you shoot an Olympic recurve setup, correct? Yes. And that's correct. have you always been a, a recurve shooter? Did you kind of play around I've with different kinds? I've always been recurve. Uh, always been recurve. And it was funny the, the way history could have gone. I went to the shop not really knowing what I wanted. I kind of was like, I just want to do archery. And everyone here in Louisiana is is compound. I mean, everyone, <laughs> you know, it's compound. This is compound land. And they always have a little selection of, you know, traditional bows or maybe some, like, just stick bows. And nobody does Olympic recurve. So it wasn't necessarily on my radar at the first go. I, sh I kind of played with the compound in the shop and then really liked the idea of the... I couldn't get away from that whole Robin Hood imagery. <laughs> so I went with, it can't help it. It's just a thing. And stuck with, um, I ended up with a, goodness gracious, some kid youth-sized youth recurve. But, you know, nothing on it, just the riser limbs and a string. It's a total And garbo. I shot like that. Oh, yeah. Shot like that for three years two or three years just kind of plucking arrows at hay bales yeah and then and then finally at one point was like let's throw some stuff on there let's do this seriously like i'm having too much fun with this and you know it wasn't 
it it wasn't as interesting when it's just me you know on the in a field and it's it'd be more fun to actually go compete and i thought you know doing the whole olympic setup would be the best best way to do it and so had to borrow some pieces for my first tournament but finally finally have a few setups now good so So you talked about i know in some of the info you sent to me um you did talk about your first usa archery tournament and so so did you do other tournaments before that first usa archery tournament oh no oh no oh so you just that was the first time i dove right in (laughs) that was the first time i shot with people (laughs) it was it was everyone should do it so (laughs) way to jump in i think i think you should tell the story about that first usa archery tournament (laughs) yes so it was it was maybe three years after i got my first bow and it's i'm the only one as far as i know only woman recurve shooter in louisiana so i never saw anyone else here Local tournaments are all compound guys, which, you know, that's fine, but that's not exciting if you're a recurve girl. So I never got into that kind of thing. And uh, I was looking at USA Archery because I always thought, you know, that's that's the group you do. And I was, you know, looking at the website and just so jealous of all these pictures of people shooting with other people. Because <laughs> I, I didn't have that experience. <laughs> I mean, even... Even at my the local archery range, it was it was usually just me. And maybe a guy would come by with his compound, he'd sight in for hunting season, and then he would leave in five minutes. Yep. And so it was, it was just me, like, at all times. And I was like, there was a tournament in Texas. And I was like, I'm going to go to this tournament. It's in Texas. It's right next door, which, you know, it's Texas. That's so still, like, five hours drive. Yeah, it's, still, it's, right, it's, it's, right it's a long next door for drive. Me, <laughs> for me, it was right next door. And so I was like, yes, we're going. It was uh, in Austin. And I told my like, which we have family in Austin, so that's an easy sell. So I was like, okay, it's a U.S. Archer tournament. I'm doing this. So and I'm a dork. So I was like looking up YouTube videos of USA archery tournaments, like trying to figure out like how does this work? <laughs> what do we do? What do I wear? Because I, you know, I've never seen this. I've oh, never yeah. been to one. And I, I have to do my research. That's so just that's just what I do. And so I found, and this is funny, I found a, a YouTube video of a previous USAT event that they'd had in Texas, and I, I went, you know, maybe a you know, couple hundred archers, you know, a standard USAT, you know, everyone's there. So that's what I had in my mind going in, just this is a USA Archer tournament. It's going to be just like that because I didn't know anything about USAT at that point. And I'd never shot 70 meters at that point. And <laughs> I'd never shot 72 arrows for score at that point. <laughs> uh, didn't, hadn't done much at that point, but we were going to go. And so I show up, and it's a USA Archery um, sanctioned event, but it wasn't a USAT, which was probably for the best. So instead <laughs> of a full USAT range of people seeing me like do my do my darndest, only you know twenty some people were witnesses. But bless those twenty <laughs> people for sticking with me, because I didn't have a sight mark for seventy. I think the farthest I'd ever shot at that point was maybe 50 meters. And I don't know what that is in American, but 50 <laughs> meters. And oh, I think I hit the t- when I hit the, the first time I actually hit the target because they were not hitting. Like they were not even close. <laughs> I think the first time I hit the target, I got like two points. And I was like, yes, I'm on the board. <laughs> I'm going to make it. 
And then I think I got a 10 at one point, just by pure accident. And it was like, I, you know, you doubled your score. It was... <laughs> oh. And I think there were only, like, two other women recurve archers. And uh, one of them is now my absolute best friend. We do every, you know, we're, we're the ones... Uh, we're hotel buddies at every USAT. She's fabulous. And she adopted me and just took absolute pity on me. Just, <laughs> she, she saw me at nationals that year, like a couple months later and was like, you're still doing this. <laughs> Bless you. Like, you stuck with it. She was so excited to see me, I think. Cause if you can survive that experience, I mean, I got, let's see, I got 31 points for a 720 round. <laughs> so, so 31 points out of a potential 720 and you stuck with it. I mean, that says something. I'm really stubborn. And one of those was like a, a nine or something. So that tells you how many arrows hit the target out of, out of 72. It was not many. And those oh. people, bless their hearts, they, they didn't mock me to my face. You know, they, they waited till later probably to have stories, but... Every, and that's the thing. Everyone was so nice there. And, and that, that's one of the things I love about archery is that just yeah. friendliness to new people. And no one's going to look at you and go, this is ridiculous. Why are you here? You can't even hit right. the target. They're going to look at you and go, hey, let me help you and let me show you how this works. Yeah. And I had such a good time with those 31 points. I mean, that was a blast. <laughs> and, I, you know, if it had been anything else, if, it, if I'd shown up and was just like everyone was, you know, smirking or giving me a cold shoulder because I clearly didn't know what I was doing I probably wouldn't have gone back to nationals that year and you know continued with them but the community has been so great and and I, so I've kind of made a point every time I see especially with the like the women recurve we're a really small group you, you once you've done one year of USAT you kind of know your group and you know yeah. you know you know, you're, you're like 20 some people that are going to show up. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I see a new face now, I kind of go out of my way to be like, hi, like, let's be friends, How you know, <laughs> and just attempting to at least be friendly to somebody, especially because I just thinking about what it was like for me and having that one person that kind of took me under their wing, which is such a big deal for me at that point. Oh, yeah, I, I can them. imagine. So. Well, so since then, you've continued to do USAT, right? And and you've been yeah. getting progressively better. Oh, yeah. I have a, I have a chart in my house just because that's that's what I do. So there's a big graph next to my office where it's just this shows my my 72 scores for USAT, and it's just my little motivation of like we're still improving, we're still improving. <laughs> so. No, I, I oh. think that's awesome. I mean, I, I have a binder where I've kept all of my old scorecards. And yeah. so my scorecards from this shoot are all in one area and the, from this shoot yeah. are all in another area. Oh, that's and great. I, I actually I have, have all like... the... Uh, Go ahead. The little, the, little uh, the quiver ID tags they give oh, you yeah. at shoots. Yeah. I have all those. They're not like on the wall. I didn't go that far, but they're they're in a stack on the uh, the bow rack that my dad built me. So, <laughs> well, I think about it. Them all. <laughs> I'm a little bit behind in like my binder upkeep because I think every time I look in my purse, I have like four scorecards floating in there that are from tournaments from forever ago. But I've I've held yes. on to them. <laughs> I think all throughout the summer when you know we have the most USAT shoots, every time I like reach in my quiver to get like a tab or something, I'm like, what's this piece of paper? Oh, yeah. it's from the last shoot okay yep that's where it went because <laughs> i saved all of them so oh. i i i just, i thought that was a great story i saw that on your bio and i was like yep we've got to talk about it 
if anyone can survive that kind of event, like you know, that's the sport for you. And and I think if it had been any other sport, I it probably would I wouldn't have gotten the same reaction or the same encouragement. I, you know, it, it wouldn't have been the same thing. I probably would have dropped it. Oh, and I think part of that reason is tournament archery. Yes, technically you're competing against the other shooters, but like you said, with your chart and everything, I mean, I think for the majority of tournament archers out there, it's not a competition against other archers. It's a competition against yourself and improving against yeah. yourself. And I find that with a lot, and maybe that's just my kind of little, my herd of, of archers that I'm shooting with. But for the most part, you know, we're, for the most part, we're not the ones out there like shooting the World Cup, and we don't have you know delusions of grandeur at this point. You know, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we'll all get there and we'll have a 20-person World Cup team one year, and we can all do it. But it is—it's a—it's the way archery is set up. It's such a good sport that with like with my graph, I'm always competing against what was my last score. This is my target score for this tournament. Like, I want to beat this score so I can keep improving. And, you know, everyone else is also improving. So just because I shot a lot better this tournament doesn't mean that everybody else didn't also shoot, you know, much better. Mm-hmm. And so having that having that record of your own personal improvement really continues motivating you to, like, stay with it, keep improving. It's not like, like let's say, baseball where, oh, my team had a really bad record, but the other team might have been bet. Maybe your team was really good this year, but the other teams are better. You don't really see that as well. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you do. I'm not a baseball person. Perhaps <laughs> there is a way to measure that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the sport of one of the impressive things is like even have with those baseball fans writing in. There we go. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how many. <laughs> Sorry, baseball. <laughs> I'm the same way with baseball stats, though. Uh, those all no the like idea. stat <laughs> symbols and letters mean nothing to me. <laughs> oh, nothing. I have no idea. It's a rainbow. It's like alphabet soup down there. I have no yep. idea. Well, I mean, talking about like improving and improving against your own scores, I'm even impressed looking at the top ranked archers in the world compound recurve in the short couple of years I've been involved in archery. I see people breaking world records and breaking high scores all the time, you know, with at at these tournaments would be like, oh, this person shot a, you know, another perfect round, but broke that X count high score. Um, And that's it's really good with like social media, you know, following, you know, world archery, USA archery. Um, yeah. People keep breaking records and it's like, at some point there's a, there's an upper <laughs> limit, but people keep knocking them out. Oh yeah. And so it, that is just impressive to me. The archery is a sport where those at the top, they're not at the top, top, top of, you know, the highest possible score yet because they continue to break records and get better and better and better. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're very good, but no one in archery is perfect and everyone continues to improve their score. Yeah. And the, and getting that 720 just for like a 72 arrow round, I mean, that's that's just, that'd be impossible. You think just because the amount of just repetitious, like precision involved would be nuts. People keep, you know, inching and inching and inching and inching. So, well, so kind of on that subject of improving yourself, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is you mentioned that one of your, you know, or what you consider your greatest archery achievement is getting to where you're at now without the support of an archery community in your town. Oh, yeah. And I feel like that's one of the biggest struggles for a lot of new archers. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I was really lucky in that I kind of became involved in archery when I was living in San Diego. And San Diego oh, just yeah. being such a big city, of course, you're going to have a, a good number of archers there, even though it doesn't yeah, seem sure. 
seem sure. like a real outdoorsy country city, you know, you still have quite a few people shooting archery. And so I got into the sport with the support of this giant archery community. Oh, but sure. now that I'm living in Wyoming and we're kind of living <laughs> a little bit out of town, yes, there's an archery right. community, but it's much smaller. And even me, I've noticed that my motivation and my drive has actually like, it's a lot more difficult to keep it up when I don't have it's that hard. huge community. It's You've just got to push yourself. And that, yeah, especially at the beginning, I, I mean, think if I hadn't found, uh, like, the USA Archery group and kind of, like, digitally gotten connected with them, it would have been really tough. Because I'm – I think I'm the only female, and someone's going to email you angry about this. But as far <laughs> as I know, I'm the only female recurve archer at least at the um adult stage i think there's one girl i just met this year who's a junior um who i met up in the north part of the state who i hope is still you know going to keep shooting um but as far as adult women i think i'm it and that's kind of tough when you know you, you there's no local shoots to do um, oh, yeah. A lot of people, like especially like Texas, goodness, I go to Texas and I'm so jealous because they've got, you know, they've got their own Texas tournaments. Shoot your way across Texas. They've got tons of local stuff that they can, you know, the people who may not, might not want to like spend a ton of money for a USAT season for airfare and lodging and the amount of money that comes with that. You can still compete and have like fun camaraderie in your own state, and I'm sure, you know, Texas is big, but you could drive to stuff. Whereas in Louisiana, if I want to have that kind of, any kind of competition, shoot against people, I've got to drive somewhere for a while or fly. And it would have been so nice to have a community here that you could do, like, weekly shoots or monthly shoots or, you know, just to have somebody else to shoot against, to, you know, have that pushing and improving each other. Absolutely. It would have been so nice. Having that other person to compete against is, yes, archery is a competition against yourself, but having someone else that you can, that you're always shooting with is another great source of motivation. Oh, yeah. And so I, I mean, I see on your Instagram, you, you shoot nearly every day. I mean, I, I try. <laughs> you shoot a lot. <laughs> and I do so, my best. And getting, ha- getting a, tar- a target in the backyard, especially for indoor season, was huge. Oh, for I me. can imagine. So how do you keep up the, I guess, the motivation or the drive to actually get out there and shoot so many arrows a day or shoot so many days a week? And even if it's just you alone in your yard or something. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a lot of it's just, now that outdoor season is, is officially over, Right now, it's just me in the backyard. Just I have 18 meters, and I I shoot, you know. And I'm I'm not really shooting for score right now. Uh, mostly just working on form things that I've noticed, and trying to improve on some of those little things, and just trying to keep up strength training, and just trying to shoot. Because I know the more areas you shoot, you know, within a reason, you don't want to induce an injury, but just shooting you just got to go shoot and that's what i hear from some of those upper level archers just they shoot a crazy amount of arrows every single day and i do notice like we were just gone for a week on vacation and i didn't bring my bow with me because it would have been nuts but (laughs) coming coming back it was definitely kind of like it's amazing what one week does like your shoulders kind of like huh yeah. I haven't done this in one week. I'm going to complain about it a little bit. And you're like, what? It's been yeah. a week. Why are you? What is this? <laughs> but just that practice is huge. And 
I'm hoping that with indoor, indoor season, I can that you know you don't have 70 meters in your backyard. Some people do. I'm a little jealous. I don't. <laughs> but you know, I do have 18, and so it, it's nice to have that real sense of that distance that you really are shooting at practice, and you're not just blank bailing it. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that you know if I can get some more arrows in, um, just feeling a little better about indoor this year. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, getting more arrows in. I saw that picture. You had quite a few arrows destroyed from from the storm. Well, that I think I think that was a picture I must have shared of my friend Jen, who lives in Houston. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, that's Jen uh, Jennifer Schneider in Houston, my the the fabulous person that adopted me when I first showed up <laughs> to archery. Uh, sorry, my dog hears something. Um, but yeah, she had a ton of arrows lost. It was bad and her house was okay, but she has an archery shed in the backyard and I think it flooded really badly. Oh. And yeah, that table of arrows just broke my heart. Yeah. Cuz that... she was always so good to like loan me stuff and it's like, oh, that hurts and I so I posted it just hoping somebody might be able to, you know, lend her some arrows cuz we were still in the middle you sat. Oh yeah, I that think was we still middle had of the season. Go. Yeah. So she, I mean, she was, she made it, but that was, oh, I can't imagine because that was a lot of arrows. <laughs> it hurt. Yeah, that that definitely hurt my heart a little bit seeing how many yeah. arrows got destroyed. Well, and some, a lot of them were for her, uh, like the Joad type kids too. So mm-hmm. that was that was really unfortunate. Well, I guess one of the other things that you said is a uh-huh. one of your strengths is shooting in the wind. And I'm always curious because I feel like everyone has their own strategy about shooting in the wind. Mm-hmm. So what? It, how do you manage shooting in the wind? Oh, gosh. I don't know if it's like if I can really like put it into words. But I think part of it is I've shot and I know people shoot in the wind like there's wind all over the country. It's fine. <laughs> but I feel like I've shot in some like some of the nastiest wind that I've, you know, it's one of those, it's windy outside, and I think some people will be like, it's windy, I'm not going to shoot. And that's the best time to go practice. You know, if it's even in the rain, like there's times where it's rainy and windy. And yet, you know, they're going to call a tournament for a storm, but they're not going to call it for wind and rain. Mm-mm. And the the um, Olympic tryouts for Rio in 2016 in Texas was the most absurd conditions I've ever shot it. <laughs> there were we they were still shooting. It's so windy. People are aiming from aiming two targets over just to try and hit their targets. Oh man. A lot of a lot of folks weren't even shooting their arrows because like they just wouldn't shoot an arrow because they knew for a fact it wasn't gonna hit. It was either gonna get broken or lost and the possible points that they might get wouldn't outweigh the cost of that arrow. Yeah. And I mean, our top women, oh, they were still shooting and they were doing fine. And that was just pure magic from what I can say, like just nuts that they were doing so well. And it's (laughs) it's just a testament to why they are where they are. But for the rest of us, it was a massacre. I mean, it was, it was, (laughs) you would shoot and you, if you hit your own target for me, at least it was a victory because a lot of the times you'd be looking down the line and there was like 18 different arrows on each target. And you're like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> whose arrow is this? Whose arrow is this? You're not on our bail. Oh but, man. And so, you know, the wind can, the amount of practice 
you're not going to necessarily beat any wind because that was crazy. But I do think, you know, not panicking, rolling with it, you know, trying to figure out how to deal with it. You know, are you going to aim off? Is it a consistent wind? Are you going to adjust your sight if it's just not letting off? I've done much better. Like that was two years ago that that wind was so bad for the tryouts. And I've noticed like every tournament since then where it's been really windy. I think it was maybe SoCal this year was pretty windy. So my brother came to always watch. be windy. I think it was pretty windy. My brother came to watch me because he's stationed out there. And I was doing really well in the wind. I mean, I was, I was, I felt great. And I think it's just a, you know, I think it's part of it's just mental. You can't let it get to you. You know, it's going to be off and it's off. So what are you going to do about it? You know, are you, is it gusty? Are you going to try and learn how to be patient and like make, you know, time management skills? Is it a consistent wind? Are you going to, um, adjust your sight. Some people will be screaming at me right now, but I do find like if it's a consistent wind and it is just not letting up, I'm going to move my sight a little bit. And I know that, you know, you're not supposed to, but for me that did help if it's not letting up, you know, Mm -hmm. you, the amount you had to aim off just, that's so fuzzy. Um, so I don't know, but I think learning how to deal with it and how you you know, how you approach it and not letting it get to you. Your score is not going to be great. Deal with it. You know, shoot the best you can. And I think just learning how to how to shoot in the wind is such a big deal for some folks. And if you only go shoot in beautiful afternoons, you're not going to you're not going to get it. And the same with the rain, like tournaments will happen. It's raining. We're still going to shoot if it's not storming. And I think learning how to, you know, you're wet. Okay. <laughs> you're still shooting. Like you're not going to get called for rain and just dealing with the environment and not letting it get to you is kind of a big thing that if you're only going to go out and shoot when it's pretty, you're not going to shoot well in a tournament if it's suddenly nasty. You yeah, know, those aren't yeah. the, it's not the time to learn how to shoot in the environment. So. <laughs> well, do, I mean, do you guys get much wind there in Louisiana? I, I don't really know much about the weather down there other than hot and humid. <laughs> Only when a hurricane comes through. We do have, I mean, I've had some afternoons, when, like especially outdoor season, when you're going to notice it. There's been some gusty, like we get wind. And I mean, maybe I don't know how it compares to the rest of the country, but we can get some decent wind. Um, enough that you do notice it while you're shooting. And yeah. enough that you have to have to practice with it. Um, and that the kids are having, having some issues on their side of the field. But uh, it's not it's not too bad it, it's kind of a strange day when it's that windy but you know maybe a calm breeze at all times is pretty normal yeah. but i haven't lived enough other places to know how that compares but we get wind yeah okay and hurricanes oh oh yeah <laughs> well i guess one other one thing that i wanted to ask you about kind of since we've talked about being new to archery and yeah. and you know kind of experiencing that where you walk into the shop and you really have no clue what's going on and it's just a, mm-hmm. hey, tell me what I need, please. <laughs> yes. How, what what would you recommend to new archers, new recurve archers, I guess, who are, mm-hmm. you know, new to the sport, want to try it out? What resources should they look for? Where did you learn a lot about shooting when you first started? Um, oh, man. What tips do you so have for new archers? Yeah. And the, what's rough, at least maybe in the South, is that if you, you know, we have a local archery shop, 
But if I walk in and say, hey, I'm looking for, you know, I want to shoot Olympic recurve, those poor guys, they they don't have it. You know, they're, they're going to have bare bows. They're going to have compounds. They don't, at least for me locally, and I know there's some, obviously there's some great shops around the country who have got your full Olympic setup ready to go. Mm-hmm. And they're going to, you know, they're going to hook you up. But for me, at least the shops I would go to near my parents' house in North Carolina, shops here in Louisiana, they don't have a smidge of of Olympic setup. You know, they've got hunting recurves, they've got barebow recurves. So it's really tough to go out and be like, I want to shoot Olympic recurve when you can't try out the equipment. I mean, it's hard to imagine another sport where you want to get into a sport and you kind of have to buy things sight unseen. I mean, that's especially the amount of money that you may be wanting to drop on that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So getting started, it's there's levels of Olympic recurve. And this is this is kind of what I did. Don't buy the most flashy, newest stuff that's out there. There's a lot of really great, especially if you're just starting out, there's a lot of great cheap options that will let you get a feel for it. Um, there's, there's you know, message boards online where you can buy used equipment for a lot cheaper even. Um, but if you've got absolutely no community near you, then you kind of have to start buying stuff online and just playing with it, which is what I did. Hmm. I I started cheap. <laughs> and kind of continued. Is to that upgrade. even possible in archery? Tell me, how how well, did you get this cheap archery stuff? <laughs> I, I will say cheap because it wasn't as expensive as my current setup. <laughs> it didn't feel at the time. It did not feel cheap, uh, and the price tag was not cheap. But uh, and so it's really it's a really tough sport if you don't have anybody here or you know around you. But. I, I kind of just bought everything online, crossed my fingers, hope that the size worked. I mean, I, you know, I bought a recurve bow. Well, I guess I'll buy medium, medium limbs and a standard riser, and I'm going <laughs> to guess on the weight because I don't know. Yeah. And then the guys at Lancaster <laughs> probably know be my name. They're great. <laughs> I see them on the truck at USATs, and they're really sweet. Uh-huh. And so I, I've been on their tech talk a lot, you know. Uh, I'm, I want to buy this. What do you recommend? And so there's a lot of people online who'd be happy to help. You know, I know the the archery subreddit on on Reddit is usually really friendly with people. Like I'm buying my first setup. You know, here's what I want to get. What do you think? Um, and archery talk. You know, lots of websites where if you really you don't have anybody near you, you don't have you know real life friends who are into that sport and you're by yourself, there's a huge amount of online communities that would love to just kind of help you, help you find what do you need. Um, There's lots of great YouTube videos for how to shoot. If you just want to go step by step, you know, how do I shoot a bow? How do I aim? Uh, So those kind of online communities and YouTube, it's kind of how I started for the most part. You know, I'd, I'd watch a YouTube video and then go out to the field and try and replicate it. Um, now I will say once I finally got hooked up with a coach in New Orleans, it made a huge difference, but that was when I was competing, you know, and when I was just out there practicing and just having fun, the internet was all I needed. 
Mm-hmm. And for a lot of folks, I mean, it's fun. It's fun to go out and just shoot arrows at stuff. And so you don't need some fancy archery coach with, the, you know, some kind of certification to just go have fun with archery. And the Internet really does give you just about everything you need to get started and to teach yourself and communities online who can help you out with any questions. And and kind of like you did, like for your first tournament, even, even if you don't find out the info online, if you just show up and, and say, Hey, I've never done this. Can you explain to me what I'm supposed to do? I guarantee you people are going to help you out. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And it's nice now that I'm kind of on the other end of it. And, you know, I, you know, someone on a tournament needs help and it's like, yes, let me help you. I've got so much extra gear I bring to all these. It's like, oh, you need another finger tab. I've got three. What color do you want? Because, you know, you just want to help people out. You want people to have a good time because you want the sport to grow. So there's no, you know, there's no point to try and be like, oh, should have been more prepared, you know, be and nice to people. What's a small group. You're right about the bringing spare stuff. I mean, I've been at tournaments where my D loop, cause I shoot compound. So my D loop was starting to it actually like in the middle of the tournament looked like it was getting pretty frayed and thin. And yeah. someone, you know, someone there was like, Hey, I've got extra, you know, D loops that I've already yeah. got ready to go on. Let me help you. And other tournaments where what was it? Nationals, NFA outdoor fields. Um, what year and two years ago, not this year, but the previous year I went and I had issues with my site and I had people there going, Hey, well, if you can't figure out what's going on with your site, I have a spare site. We can slap it on site in, you know, people are so willing to help and give you what you need to be successful. I I have extra, you know, slings. I have extra arm guards. And I think at every tournament, I give out something to somebody who needs it. Yep. And, you know, because at some point, sorry, my, my three-legged dog is, is whining. Um, <laughs> but, like, at some point, it's going to be you. You know, your finger sling is going to break for no good reason. And, you know, it's nice that other people are willing to help out. So, you know, you don't have to be crazy about it and sacrifice, you know, some of your own, you know, your own shooting. But... There's no reason not to, you know, especially a finger, you know, finger tab or a sling, you know, doesn't weigh anything on an airplane. Oh, yeah, a D-loop, things like that. What's the the harm in letting someone, you know, borrow it? So Mm -hmm. definitely the whole camaraderie thing. It's just there's no reason not to be nice to people. So, Well, I, I am just so entertained by all the stories and the experiences you've had and and i i want to tell share your instagram it's baked fish correct yes like like you're eating a dish at a restaurant so okay so baked fish (laughs) is your instagram and that's how i found you and yeah so anyone who's listening i think that's i mean first of all you post some awesome archery photos and second your costumes are amazing Halloween is my favorite. <laughs> so you you really just do have some great archery photos on there. Um, Thanks. But I, I am so glad that we got in touch and that I got to have you on the podcast for an episode yeah. about tournament archery. Fun. Yeah. And more, you know, it's, it's a small group, but we're all pretty nice. So <laughs> come join us. And hopefully I'll see you at a tournament here this year. I'll probably be going to some of the USAT shoots again. Yeah. So I'll make sure to find you and say hi. Awesome. And if you're at Vegas, you know, come find me. Vegas is still, I, I, it's a maybe. Oh, it's Vegas a maybe for me. I want to, I, but I know I'm going to be super busy with work. So we'll see. Oh, yeah. 
Well, Vegas was fun. It was my first year this year, and the amount of people that just walked up to me and like baked fish, and I'm like, hi, <laughs> hi, random stranger, you know, hi. <laughs> that was pretty fun. Well, hopefully, if I end up going, I'll send you a text and let you know. Yeah, we'll go get a drink. Sounds perfect. <laughs> That's the best part of Vegas. <laughs> Everybody shoots, and you're like, all right, dinner. Yep. And it's either a celebration drink or a drink away the day where you shot really bad drink. Yeah, everyone can, you know, pick a drink. Yep. <laughs> and then the good part is the practice range is open 24 hours. So, oh, yeah. you know, if you had a bad day, you'll get dinner, come back and shoot some more. Because the amount of people that were practicing, we, we went to dinner one night and came back. And went to the practice range just to be like, ah, let's go work on some stuff. And it was packed. And the amount of people shooting archery at 11 p.m. in the hotel was just, it was pretty fun. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I think it's also just fun being in that environment where you're in a hotel. And you are seeing literally thousands of people walking around with a bow in hand. Oh, yeah. That is such an awesome experience. Walking through a casino with an Olympic recurve was kind of a new experience. (laughs) Oh, yeah. For both the people in the casino watching you and for being the weirdo, you know, walking through a hotel with a weapon. Yeah. It's kind of weird. (laughs) Not not what I'm used to. Yeah. Well, but yeah, got people interested in it, too. So that was it. It absolutely did because people would stop and ask. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? Well, <laughs> there's a lot of us here, and we're all shooting arrows. Come on. Yep. <laughs> well, I guess I, we're going to have to have you back on the show again at some point to talk about oh. more archery stuff, whether it's fletching or, or yeah. something. But, yes, because um, that, was, that was also a fun uh, first Nationals experience, was fletching arrows in a Starbucks during a rain delay. Oh, just man. Out of <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to save that story for the next episode because that does sound amazing. So, oh, yeah. that was fun. <laughs> well, uh, thanks again, Allie. And yeah, um, I'm really glad we could have you on and I look forward to chatting again. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. All right. Have a good night. All right. Thanks. You too. Uh, bye. Bye. <laughs>